0: Welcome to the There Podcast, your fortnightly show with interviews and insights on meditation, mindfulness, and consciousness. This podcast is brought to you by livindare.com and I'm your host, Giovanni Dinstman. This is episode number three, and this time I am the guest. Colin Powell from UndeliableClarity.com interviewed me for his podcast. In this episode, you will briefly hear about my journey in meditation, spirituality in life, and hear me speak of types of meditation, falling asleep during practice, modern mindfulness movement, and some misconceptions about the practice. So let's get
1: started. Hello there, friends. Welcome to the Undeniable Clarity Podcast. How are you guys doing today? i am here in toronto it's pretty nice and sunny but uh, i've got on my good friend here giovanni dinsman who's uh from sydney australia which i'm pretty sure is a lot more warmer than uh than here in canada is that right that's right (laughs) it's pretty good yeah (laughs) i don't know why i'm in canada right now (laughs) but uh, yes i am joined today by giovanni dinsman he is uh, an app developer he's also Uh, meditation and personal growth blogger and coach. He's got this amazing blog called Live and Dare. I absolutely love it. He's got a lot of great information on meditation. It's got everything you really need to know. And uh, he's also a very active coach on uh, a platform called coach.me, formerly known as Lyft. So I'm really excited to have you on. Thank you for joining me today, Giovanni.
0: Thanks for having me. My pleasure.
1: So, uh, you've got quite an interesting story. I'd like to dig deep into that. Uh, what brought you from meditation to, to being an app developer and now starting your own blog? What, what started all this? What got you fascinated with meditation?
0: I was born in South of Brazil. I'm actually Brazilian. I just moved oh. to Australia about three years ago. In Brazil, I studied law. I went to law school, graduated mm-hmm. and worked for the government in the labor justice department for five years. At the end of those five years, I was falling in love with technology right after I bought my first iPhone. I felt apps are so cool. I got to learn how to develop apps. And that, that got me started by myself. I bought a couple of books, uh, watched a few DVDs and uh, learned the basics. Then I moved to Australia and I felt, OK, app development is going to be my profession here. I better go deeper into it. I was studying like crazy and I ended up building a few apps, uh, quotes apps from meditation masters and put it on the app store. Got some confidence with that. So I basically made my, my career out of app development and that's what I have been doing for the past four years. As to meditation in my early teenage time, when I was about 14 or 15, I was interested in things like occultism, alchemy, Mm -hmm. uh, Kabbalah, uh, all this, um, kind of a occult thing. And one of these meetups that I went, it was actually about meditation. It was a meetup from a group called Brahma Kumaris. They are a group all over the world. They teach meditation the Vedic way. And I was a very hyperactive child. I think I was the the perfect definition of ADHD. (laughs) Even though at that time they didn't have that concept, I don't think so. I was super Mm -hmm. hyperactive. I had a lot of energy. It was very hard for me to just sit and be. But mm-hmm. when I tried meditation for the first time for those five or 10 minutes, I felt so peaceful. I felt so wholesome, so s- satisfied with myself and I felt, okay, that's it. I'm going to start meditating every day from today.
1: How did you go from being so hyper to, you know, this five, 10 minutes being calm? I know a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs and many of us say we have ADHD as well. So how do we go from this place of you know, being so hyper and then you're able to just calm down and see the results right away. I think it's really difficult for a lot of people.
0: I think you're right. It's, it's harder to start if you have this much of energy and hyperactivity. At the same time, I think those that are very hyperactive, they make the best meditators. That's true. You are hyperactive because you have a lot of energy. So mm-hmm. if you learn how to focus that properly, you can go very deep in meditation. And you can go very deep and very far in your uh, entrepreneurial career as well. So yeah, I started meditating at that time about five times a week, just like 15 to 20 minutes and slowly increased. Nowadays, I meditate about an hour a day and it has been a long journey. That was around 15 years ago. I tried different practices in this meantime. I was into Zen Buddhism for two or three years. I was a very close disciple of a Zen Roshi in Brazil. Mm I learned Japanese because of that. So deep into it I wanted to make my whole life about meditation. There was a time in my life I wanted to become a monk. So I organized my whole life around the practice and allowing the practice to deepen because I was getting so much satisfaction out of it, so much peace and joy that I was not getting anywhere else in my life.
1: What does meditation mean to you? Like I know it's it can be described in so many different ways. Everyone has a different experience, but what's what's your experience with it? Why is Why is meditation so meaning for you that you make it a practice that's completely non-negotiable?
0: I think as meditation is entering to mainstream nowadays, we have a lot of the fast food mentality towards meditation as well. Many people have it. So Mm -hmm. if you, okay, meditation is just an easy, effortless way to just de-stress to Mm -hmm. be here and now. And, And you will have these things with meditation. You will have these benefits, but you will have much more. Uh, It's a little bit like saying to somebody that has never had a a smartphone and the person Mm -hmm. comes and asks you, I I want a way to be able to answer my emails on the fly. Uh, If I buy an iPhone, would that help me? Yes, it it will help you to do that, but it will help you to do much more. For me, meditation did not start with this intention of de-stressing or just calming down. It just started purely as a curiosity. I wanted to explore myself. I wanted to explore... Consciousness. I wanted to see what else is there to life. So it was within this context of deep search for meaning of a, of a spiritual journey that I started meditating. As I continued, I felt that, that there is a sense of peace and joy and happiness that I feel in meditation that I cannot feel anywhere else in my life. And I was having a good life. It's not like, oh, my life was crap and therefore meditation was my only refuge. No, I was having a pretty good life. And and yet meditation gave me something something else that that is hard to describe. It's just, it's a feeling of contentment that doesn't depend on anything
1: else. Yes, I love that. I absolutely love that. I believe so too. Meditation doesn't change your life, right? Like you said, you've had a good life. I've had a good life as well. Meditation didn't change my life. But it changed the way I experienced it. And I think that's what meditation does. It gives us that opportunity to really experience the fullness of our life, whether it's good or bad. So I know you mentioned that you, you embarked on this spiritual journey, right? And that's, that's something that's really new to a lot of people now. When they hear meditation, right? It is very mainstream now. When they hear meditation, they think it's a de-stressor, right? It's dealing with stress. Or maybe it's something to make you more productive, right? It's, it's a brain hacking tool. That's kind of where the direction of meditation is going nowadays. What do you think of that? Do you think meditation has gone too far off its roots of looking inwards, finding that inner peace? Do you think it's gone too far?
0: It's a very interesting question because I was so much into meditation because of my own reasons. And when I started meditating, I was a weirdo, right? I was the only guy doing this. And I would say I'm doing meditation and people would ask, what is that? I didn't realize that during these 10 to 15 years, the world had evolved and and had caught up with the idea. And so Mm -hmm. around two years ago, I saw a a magazine cover, I think it was of Time, saying 30 million Americans have tried meditation the last year. And I said, what? What's going on? And now coming back to your question, I feel that it's all right that people go try meditation with these purposes. Uh, Meditation will give them that as well. And some of them may find that meditation can give them more, and they may find that they want to seek more in it. And that meditation will end up bringing some positive lifestyle changes for them as well. I know of many people that do meditation old school way, like, like I do in a way, that they mm-hmm. don't like the way it's being marketed in the media and things like this. Yeah, it is, it is a more shallow way, but I see it as beneficial. People that are trying meditation like that, they are being benefited in some way. And some of them mm-hmm. may find something deeper. If they don't, well, that's fine. At least they, they are being benefited. They are reducing their stress. It is improving their relationships. And that's one of the reasons why I put up my blog, because I feel, that, I feel that I can help clarify a lot of the misconceptions around meditation. I can help people that started meditation because they want to de-stress or to focus better, but that are starting to discover something deeper and that they want a little bit of of guidance, of direction in going deeper into meditation without necessarily going
1: to a guru or, or a Zen center or something like this. Technology has evolved so much that meditation has become so accessible to, to everyone now right? and, and the fact that it's... Being able to to reach more people is a good thing, whether it's in a shallow form or in a deeper form, right? I completely agree. And uh, what I really love about your blog is your mission, right? You, you stated the mission was to bring mindfulness and personal growth to one million humans. That is that's beautiful, right there. What what sparked that? What lit that fire?
0: Well, it's it's a lifetime mission, right? It's not it's not a mission for the next three years. It's a direction. It's what I'm mm-hmm. aspiring towards. If I create this blog out of a higher purpose, like I want to serve mm. people. so, mm-hmm. um, And also because I have felt the change that meditation has done in my life. Meditation, in a way, has given me superpowers of mm. concentration, of balance and composure that allows me to go through many hard situations in life that most people would be perhaps fearful or doubtful or stressed and and flow through these situations kind of with peace and serenity and, and with presence. And I feel that everybody needs a little bit of that. I just need to facilitate them to have that taste and, and then do we want it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. It's something that's been going on in my mind lately too, is pretty much what my purpose is with you know, running this podcast, doing what I do. But I really started to ask myself, why am I really doing this? And I realized it's my responsibility. You know, the fact that I know how to meditate, that, you know, I know the benefits of it. I know what it can do for me. I have the responsibility of sharing that with one million humans. Mm. It's about owning up to my responsibility of making this place a better place. Mm. Yeah, so that's why I really resonated with uh, your mission there. And uh, we're going to try to debunk all the meditation myths. Yeah, just cover all the frequently asked questions that a lot of people have. You ready for it, Giovanni? Let's do it. What is meditation and and how do I start?
0: Where do I start? So meditation is a mental exercise of regulating attention. It's bringing your attention back to the object of meditation. In general, we can say that there are two types of meditation. There is focused attention. For instance, when you're focusing on your breath or on a mantra, or maybe on a part of your body. So that is focused attention. The attention comes back and back to the object of meditation. And the other type of meditation is called open monitoring. And that is the type of meditation that mindfulness would fit in. So basically, your attention is not on any one particular object. You are just paying attention to your perception, in general, whatever you're perceiving, you're being present with that, paying attention with that, and not getting attached to anything that, that comes. So that, that in general, is the definition of meditation.
1: Awesome. So. As I know there's so many different types of meditation and different techniques, forms. What's the best one?
0: Well, it depends on the person. You, ha- you, have to try. you have to try the different types of meditation and see which one resonates with you. The nature of our mind is to pay attention to those things that interest us. So mm-hmm. if you find one type of meditation that interests you more, you'll be able to go deeper into it. So I'll just advise, try, try different types of meditation. See the ones you like. But try each one for at least a few days because it takes some time for you to get in the groove.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I know Giovanni written a really good blog post on the many different types of meditation. I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. Definitely check it out. Awesome, great blog post, and he covers pretty much all the popular types of uh, meditations and goes through a brief summary of what they are and how to how to practice that. Right, and he gives links to uh, so you can dig deeper, more resources on uh, each type of. Uh, on uh, meditation. So how, how long should I meditate for?
0: Well, it, it depends on you really just for the sake of building a habit. Even if you start with one minute a day and increase one minute every two or three days, start with something really, really small that you, that you have no excuse to skip the most important mm-hmm. thing is practicing every day. Consistency is much more important than the length of practice. By time, you feel like you want to increase your practice and you can increase to 10,
1: 20, 30 minutes, whatever fits your lifestyle. Okay, so when's when the best time to meditate? Like, I know some people meditate during the morning, some people meditate at night, is there a good time? Personally, I started meditating at night and I did so for many years. And
0: then I moved to meditating in the morning and I enjoy much more. I find that in the morning, there are less things going on in my mind. Also, I'm, I'm naturally well-rested and, and ready for meditation. If I leave it for the end of the day, there's always something else that I want to do. But when I do it the first thing in the morning, it's, it always gets done and, and sets a different pace for the rest of the day.
1: Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. Yeah, I always meditate in the morning as well. Your mind is clear and fresh in the morning. And uh, when you meditate in the morning, you really set yourself up for the entire day. That's right. Right? But that said, don't just meditate just in the morning. If you can do both morning and night, do both. If you can plug more into the, end of the day, plug in more. <laughs> you, you touched a very interesting point there because
0: seated meditation is one thing and it is important. The other thing is integrating mini mindfulness moments in your day. Mm-hmm. So perhaps before you start your car or when you're waiting for the elevator or before you have a meal, just for one minute, just have a little bit of a mindfulness moment there. Focus on your breath, come back to the present moment and, and just be there just take a, a couple of deep breaths and you feel that the quality of your experience of what you're going to do next changes and it's more satisfying
1: absolutely yeah i think people people have this misconception that meditation has to be practiced in a certain place all you know all the time and you know you got to sit cross-legged and you're going to do these you know mudras with your hands right? and you know they have this misconception but no meditation like you said can be practiced anywhere anytime it's, it's important to plug in those, those mindful moments before you're doing anything, right? It really puts you in that frame of being more, more aware in the moment and you can really enjoy and embrace what's going on. Do you have a special spot you meditate in? Should we have a special place where we meditate?
0: I think for the sake of building a habit, meditating always on the same place and on the same time, it's better. I meditate in a corner of my room uh, when I was living in Brazil, I had a whole room just for meditation, that was great. In Australia, the rent is very expensive, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have that luxury. So I mm-hmm. just meditate in a corner of my room, and and that's fine.
1: How you mentioned how it, it helps you build that habit as well, right? Science has shown that if you maintain that consistency, and you know you show up to the same place every day at the same around the same time, there's there's a higher chance you build that habit of it. So what about people that don't have a quiet place? Like I don't have a quiet place to meditate where should I meditate then? Like
0: meditate wherever you can. Having a quiet place is a nice bonus, but it's not a requirement. If your place is noisy, maybe it will be harder for you to get started with meditation. But if you stick to it, if you are determined, you, you can do it. Sometimes when I meditate here, the neighbors are playing loud music. It's often not the type of music that is the most calming music. And what I find is that I just accept that the music is there and I don't fight it. I don't resist it. I don't even dislike it. I just accept that it's there. And more often than not, the music actually helps my meditation. It helps Mm me be in the present moment and it helps me kind of be more attentive to my meditation.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Should I meditate sitting up or lying down?
0: Well, as to posture, there's one important point, which is to keep your spine erect from, from your hips to the back of your head, uh, your neck. So this should be completely straight and ideally unsupported, means not leaning on a wall or on a chair. So if you keep that, that posture, then whether you sit uh, cross-legged on the floor or you're sitting on a chair, it doesn't make that much difference. I would suggest really meditating seated down, instead of lying down because lying down your mind naturally goes into a more sleepy mood it's a little bit harder mm-hmm. to to keep some consistent attention uh, in meditation mm-hmm. in that state but having said that if that's the only way that you feel you can meditate then do that do mm-hmm. that at least in the start and maybe in the future you can
1: move up to seated practice yeah actually a lot of people ask you know they say they have trouble sleeping at night then i tell them you know what practice meditation lying down then. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it puts you into that deep relaxation mode where it'll allow your body to, to fall asleep a lot easier. And then if you want to stay awake and focused, yeah, sitting up would probably be your best bet. Meditation can <laughs> indeed help uh, falling asleep. Our
0: mind is used to either either being busy with thoughts or sleeping, basically. These are the two modes of the mind. We don't mm-hmm. know how to be present and open without being engaged with thought. That's why sometimes when people try to meditate, they find that they they fall asleep. The mind is starting to disengage with thoughts, but it doesn't know how to be present and open without falling asleep. If you're having troubles falling asleep, meditation can be very helpful, especially uh, mantra meditation. I feel that helps a lot, Mm -hmm.
1: falling asleep. Mm -hmm. What if I want to prevent myself from falling asleep during meditation?
0: Well, there are many things to, to think there. First of all is, are you meditating too long? Like if you Mm. just started meditating and you try to meditate for half an hour, that's probably longer than you can take it. And the mind just kind of refuse and starts shutting down. So you should never meditate for longer than than your motivation kind of uh, allows you, right? That's one thing. The other thing is perhaps you're meditating when you're too tired. So if you're sleep deprived or you're too tired, like after uh, a lot of exercise, you may find that it's really, really hard to meditate. You want to fall asleep. So that's probably not the best time to meditate. And a third thing would be just try maybe having a, a shower or washing your face with some cold water, or something that helps you get refreshed. That can mm-hmm. help you
1: be more attentive during meditation as well. Is there, is there a particular way that I have to breathe when I'm meditating?
0: Well, that, that depends on the meditation technique you're following. Usually, we don't do any breath control during meditation. There are breath control methods like pranayama in mm-hmm. India and Qigong in China, that they are, they are very helpful for meditation. But in general, meditation practice itself, we don't control the breath. We just let the breath be. And as we are paying attention to the breath or to whatever our meditation practice is about, the breath will get slower and more subtle and more free flowing. Usually in our day to day life, we breathe from 15 to 17 times a minute. In meditation, even without much practice, you will find that their breathing already goes down to to maybe like seven or eight times a minute. And if you go into deep meditation, it can go like to one, two or three times a minute. So you, your breathing will come down as your mind is coming down. But you don't need to try to control the breath.
1: What if, what if every time I try to pay attention to my breath, I feel like I'm controlling it or I'm forcing it?
0: I know, I know. Uh, it happens to me even now. It's, it's a very common thing. We cannot pay attention to something without changing that. It's even a, a kind of a quantum physics discovery with the, with the particles and all those things. If that is bothering you too much, maybe the type of meditation which is paying attention to the breath is, is not the best for you. Or maybe mm. you just need to, to try a little bit longer. But I myself find that I prefer not to pay attention to the breath, I prefer other types of meditation. And when I do other types of meditation that have nothing to do with the breath, I feel that my breath goes, goes deeper and more quiet. Sometimes it even stops for, for a few seconds.
1: Yeah, I noticed that too. Sometimes when you're trying to pay attention to the breath too much, you start controlling it. And like you said, you tend to control things when you pay attention to it. So what I like to do is shift my attention somewhere else. Maybe perhaps shifting my attention to my body, doing a body scan. I'm going from the top of my head all the way down. And then what I'll I'll notice is, since I'm paying attention to my body now, my breath will return to that natural breathing state. Mm. And then after the body scan, I can return my attention back to my breath.
0: If the meditation practice that a person is doing involves paying attention to the breath and he or she is experiencing this issue, I'll just say, uh, stick to it. If you feel that paying attention to the breath changes the breath rhythm, let that be. Don't resist it. Don't don't get troubled by it. Let it be by time. Slowly you develop the ability to just look at the breath without changing it. And it's the same thing with our thoughts. We usually don't have the ability to just perceive our thoughts without getting involved with it. But through meditation, we get this ability where you can just perceive a thought or you can just perceive a feeling coming to your mind, into your heart. Observe it without changing it, without getting uh, in into
1: it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think We just have this habit of putting in too much effort. We think the more effort we put in, the more we'll get out of it. And we apply that to everything in our life, right? For example, falling asleep, right? We try so hard to fall asleep. And, you know, when we can't fall asleep, we try even harder and harder. And we notice, you know, the more we try, the harder it is to to fall asleep. But as soon as you let go of that effort and you just take it as it is, right? Embrace it as it is and right, non-judgmentally and just, just relax and let it go, things become a lot easier. And I think meditation is the same too, right? Instead of trying to control your breath or control the control of your breath, just simply pay attention to it, accept it as it is and just let it be. I start feeling anxious whenever I start to meditate. What can I do?
0: I think it's because the mind is so restless that when you try to To meditate and you try to be quiet and to pay attention to one single thing Uh, there's something in your mind that kind of starts tensing up and like wanting to make noise and to agitate itself I feel that that's that's the reason behind this feeling of anxiety another reason could be that there's naturally anxiety in you maybe the person is anxious and then anxiety is coming up as you get quieter in meditation things that are inside yourself will come up And some of these things, they are thought patterns or memories or feelings or energies that were buried deep in your being and you are not aware of them anymore. But they are there and they are influencing your day-to-day life in ways that you don't even imagine. So you sit to meditate and these things start showing up. Mm -hmm. And at this point, some people feel like they stop meditation because they feel that meditation is only about feeling good. But meditation is about freeing your mind. So if there are some things inside of you that need to, to come up, you know, you have to allow that, and you have to hold your ground and allow them to come up. That's the only way that they will leave your system. They need to evaporate. Or perhaps they need for you to take a look at them and to take some action to make a decision to change something in your beliefs or in your in your life. So maybe maybe that's what's happening. Maybe there's a lot of anxiety down there and it needs to come up. So in any case, I would say, don't panic, just be there. Try to hold your ground, bring your attention back to your breathing or to whatever your meditation is about, and allow that feeling of anxiety, of fear, of whatever it is, to be there, to manifest itself. And by time, you will see that anything can be inside your mind, anything can be inside your system, and you have this ability to just observe without being affected by it. This will not Mm -hmm. come after a week or two. This takes time. It's a gradual process. The more you do meditation and the more you you learn to to find your center and to stay in your center, you will get this freedom.
1: Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I think that's a huge misconception a lot of people face or think of uh, when it comes to meditation. They think meditation is like this blissful thing, that meditation is always associated with peace and happiness. And then when they start meditating and they notice these negative or strong emotions come up and they get scared and they're like, oh, I'm totally doing this wrong. Right? that's a huge misconception mm. and like you know like you said right when people bring themselves back to that stillness what they'll notice is all these negative emotions that has been hiding within us that we've been suppressing all these time will start to come up and it's okay all right? and that's what meditation is about it's holding that space holding that space and just welcoming what is all right not being judgmental not being so critical on ourselves mm. just holding the space for it those emotions and you know when you're able to hold that space for these emotions like you said will evaporate yeah absolutely so how how can we integrate mindfulness or meditation into our day-to-day life like what can we do you have any tips
0: i feel that this happens mainly through two avenues the first one is actually trying to have some mindfulness moments during your day meaning to remember so you're doing meditation, you're doing seated meditation, you experience some sort of peace, you experience your center somehow. And if you remember that feeling that you had during meditation, during your day-to-day activities, you will bring a little bit of that feeling into your daily life. So this constant remembrance of yourself, of, of your true center, of your, your true being, will be helpful. You can use some triggers in your day-to-day life, let's say like, whenever I stop at a red light, I would just come back to my, my center, I'll take a deep breath and come back to my center. Or always when I enter in the elevator, or always before answering something, I will be mindful. And then you, your life starts changing, your attitude toward things start changing. So that's one way, it's, it's the way of actually bringing your attention to the present moment in your day-to-day life. And the other way is just it happens automatically as a result of you putting time into meditation that your, your perception of things start changing the place where you operate from starts changing just because you're putting a lot of time into, into meditation, into seated meditation that happens automatically as well.
1: I love that. Yeah. And there's, there's so many different creative ways you can integrate mindfulness into your day, right? Back in the monastery that I practiced in every 15 minutes, we had a, there's this big bell outside and someone would be uh, would have the responsibility of ringing that bell right? Ringing that bell every 15 minutes and the purpose of that was to remind the whole community to come back to our breathing so every time we hear that sound of the bell everyone would pause drop whatever they're doing let's go back to the present moment and there's an awesome reminder so I, I was like you know how can I bring that practice back to here in the city the busy city right? I don't have a bell that rings every 15 minutes but then we have these things called smartphone and we can set alarms on them to ring And you can set different types of alarms, right? You can find something calming and soothing to ring every half hour, one hour, every hour on the hour. Set a reminder for yourself to bring yourself back into that present moment. Yeah, definitely. So one more question before I let you go. Does meditation have to be spiritual? No,
0: it doesn't. Meditation is is an exercise of the mind. It was created within spiritual contexts and to achieve spiritual goals but it can help you achieve basically any goal that you want. Uh, You don't need any belief to do meditation. You don't need to be following a spiritual path to do meditation. You can be Christian, you can be atheist, whatever. It doesn't matter because your attention is not Christian or atheist. Your attention is just human, it's just yourself. And meditation is the exercise of regulating your attention. So there's no requirement of being spiritual or, or having any type of belief to be able to do meditation. If you want to do it just to improve your health or to bring some, some balance, you can do that. And, and you will have those benefits. If you want mm-hmm. to use meditation for personal growth, to change yourself, you can do that. You will have those benefits. If you want to use meditation because you want to attain enlightenment or discover your true self,
1: you can also do that. You will achieve those benefits. Absolutely, love it. Uh, where can we find you, Giovanni?
0: Well, I blog at liveanddare.com. That's there as in daring. And you can find all information about me there. I'm coming up with a podcast soon. And if you're interested in getting in touch, just subscribe to my email list or follow me on Twitter at geo underscore self.
1: There you go, guys. If you guys have any other questions, hit me up and uh, we'll have Giovanni back on for another episode, maybe. All right. So thank you so much, Giovanni, for uh, joining us on The Undeniable Clarity. Thanks for having me, Colin. Yes, have a good day.
0: You can find the show notes for this episode with all the links, names and resources mentioned at liveanddare.com. If this is your first time listening, thank you for coming. We bring a great variety of guests from all walks of life and practitioners of different meditation techniques. So be sure to stick around. Please subscribe via your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. And if you have learned something valuable today, It would mean a lot to me if you leave a comment. You can follow me on Twitter at geo underscore self. And as usual, we end it with a quote. Be here now. Be someplace else later. Is that so complicated? David Badder